man, I'm trying to watch this Game of Thrones, and um, and man, these guys, they just, I mean, they cannot get along, really. Or the women. Or the women. So, I just don't even know what to think anymore. I mean, it's just swords and pedophilia, and they don't even... And what about all the candles that are lit? Do you even notice that? Every set, every ba- they got 2,000. They got nine candles everywhere. Somebody's getting murdered and they got three candles behind them. Who's putting them out? You never see anybody, you know, doing like a little bit of fire safety or something. Protocol, whatever. I gotta, I gotta quit worrying about some of this stuff. <laughs> Every night I lie awake, I feel like a fake I put on a show. Um, That is Jameson Flood, like the water. I don't know if you ever had too much to drink. And, uh, And that's similar to a flood, but it's different. Good to be here um, with you guys. Thank you for joining me, and thank you for allowing me to be here with you. What's up? I'm here. You're here. Jeez, sometimes I feel like this, like I'm just leaving you a voicemail and it's just like a really long one. <laughs> like I'm just that chatty VM dropper. It is, it is right now, it is Monday, June 10, the 10 of June. So if you see somebody tomorrow and they say, well, what date is it? You say, well, it's the 10 of June. It's the 10 of June. And we are coming up, I believe, on the summer solstice. And that's when summer really, really starts to uh, heat things up. And and the planets, like, all agree that it's summer. They kind of line up in the sun and the moon. And it's, uh, because there's always a couple, you know, they always got a planet or two, you know, Pluto, you know, a couple of Jupiter's moons or whatever that are always like, ah, oh, you know, it's not summer. It's not really summer. It's, the, you know, we're doing this. Couple holdouts. But when that solstice lines up, when that summer solstice, June 22nd, that's the equinox. When it lines up, that's when it's summer says, that's the grilling. That's the time that really, summer really will fucking grill your meat. That's when that fire comes straight out of the sun and just 
it'll get you. It will get you if you're trying to get rid of a spouse or something. That is a good time to, uh, to, you know, to leave them in the yard. <laughs> so, but let's don't think about that. I'm going to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Blue Chew. And a lot of people think Blue Chew, when I was young, it was a chewing tobacco. It was a blueberry chewing tobacco. And so, you know, not, you know, chewing tobacco and blueberries, nothing will really give you, I mean, that'll make your stomach just howl right out of your buttocks. But Blue Chew, I got to tell you, if you're going to, if if you like sex, and some people do, some people don't, if, if you like it, you're going to love Blue Chew.com. Blue Chew is a performance enhancement for the bedroom. So this ain't a kitchen pill. This ain't something you pop a little bit and, you know, cut a carrot. This is something for the bedroom. Wouldn't you Wouldn't you like to last longer and go extra rounds, make your wiener really twerk, you know, really twerk? BlueChew.com makes the first chewable with same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis at a lower price than the other two. That's right, it's chewable. Them chewable, you know, pecker poppers, baby, this is it. There's no doctor visit, no awkward conversation, no waiting in line at a pharmacy. Ships directly to your door in discreet packaging. Blue Chew Chewables, prescribed online by a doctor and made in the USA. Blue Chew gives you confidence in bed every time. Here's the great deal for you guys who's trying to get a little bit more thicker in your, in your sticker. Go to bluechew.com. Get your first order free when you use promo code Theo. Just pay $5 shipping. That's B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com and promo code T-H-E-O. Just pay $5 for the shipping. Also going to let you know Comedy Central has your new favorite podcast and it's called Stand Up with Chris DeStefano. Every week, Chris and his producer will be listening to and discussing some of the greatest stand-up of all time, from classic bits out of Comedy Central's library to jokes from today's hottest up-and-coming comedians. They'll unpack their favorite bits, discuss the comedy scene, call up other comedians, and get into everything comedy. And hey, since they record at Comedy Central's headquarters in New York City, you never know who might drop in. Imagine listening to Hannibal Burris do some stand-up and then listen to him show up in studio. Or some Maria Bamford, some Mitch Hedberg. Favorites from today and the past. It's basically two podcasts for the price of one completely free. There's nothing else like it on the air. Subscribe and listen to new episodes of Stand Up with Chris DeStefano every Thursday wherever you listen to your podcasts. Oh, what's going on? I, uh, I'm a dad. Oh, I had jet lag. I had jet lag. And it, it, look, I didn't think jet lag was that real. And the, I'll be in the middle of a mouthful of potatoes, you know, or patats. And I shut down. Like somebody pressed the power button on me while I was patating. And I will just, Shut down. Jet lag will bring a man 
I mean, it'll make your ankles roll right out of your feet. It'll just, it's a real thing. And I think it's something we can start to find a way to use on our enemies. A little bit of jet lag. But what do I know? Uh, We got to, you know, I'm happy to be here with you. What's going on with me? What's going on, man? I honestly, dude, I hurt my freaking back. I was putting a shirt on. And it wasn't even a strong shirt or a thick shirt. I was putting on a mediocre, you know, a mediocre shirt. And I came out, my head came out the neck hole. And it came out like at an angle. And I hurt my back and my neck. So I've been just kind of real limited edition all week. I've been having to lay ice. Lay on ice in my bed. I'll get me a couple trays of uh, ice. And I get my, my, I got a beach towel. And a beach towel, somebody really, that's marketing. Because a towel, you could do anything with a towel. Towel for this, towel for that. You get, you got out the shower, towel up. You, you, you know, you spilled some wine, get that towel. You know, you, uh, you're in the desert, towel up, put a towel around your scalp, you know. They got it all. Then somebody said, oh, we need a specific towel for the beach. We need a beach towel. And that's marketing right there. It's still a towel. There's nothing different about it. Somebody put the word beach in front of it, and now everybody's fucking spending an extra $13.99. And I had that beach towel. I put it on my bed. I put a bunch of ice cubes. I put three trays of cubes on it, and then I'll lay on that ice and be that little ice daddy, that ice baby. And man, it's cold at first, but then the pain goes away and you can't feel anything. And damn, you get so cold sometimes and then it disappears and then you don't even know who you are, man. And I even have to put my legs up in the air. It looks like I'm a damn newborn. Like I'm a newborn and I'm trying to get my, you know, my bum powdered by mom. I'm trying to get my bum powdered by mom. And uh, and so I I do that. And um, I just been icing and heating my back all week, so it's been just out of commission. It's crazy, man. Everything's going good, and then bam, son, get on your knees, boy. And the pain too. I don't, you know, I don't have anything to subside the pain. So I'm just praying this shit goes away. And they don't have a chapter in the Bible really about you know pain remedy. The Bible doesn't have you know a couple hundred milligrams of ibuprofen hidden in it. So I was going through all of these, Ramadan, everything. I'm celebrating anything this week that will help alleviate the pain. I'm asking all the gods for help. Uh, We had a lot of calls that came in about, you know, I I like to think about when I was young and just the joy. And remember when you were young, man, and you, you know, you, you tried something new for the first time. Maybe you saw, you know, you saw a, uh. Remember the first time you saw a peach? You're like, damn, that's an orange. That's kind of like a, is that like a senior citizen orange or something? Is that like an orange that maybe been in a halfway house? Or maybe an orange that, you know, it's kind of like one of those hairless cats. But like, it's like a hair, it's like a, like, it's like the hairless cat of the orange family. And somebody's like, no, motherfucker, that's a peach, man. That's a peach, boy. 
So, you know, you get, I love being young. Everything was a new experience. And as we get older, we get used to the experiences and they start to run together and they're just the things to lose their novelty. And that's what I'm, you know, and I try not to get too caught up in the fact of things losing their novelty. Um, so I'm trying to just, I'm trying to stay in the novelty of life because there is a lot of beautiful stuff going on. And, uh, and one of the novelties that we all go through in time is when somebody touched our, you know, wiener or, you know, up in the, you know, if a lady, somebody touched you down in that trim, trim, you know, in the, down in the vajertons, bro, down in them, you know, down in them, uh, down in that, you know, in that freaking little, that, you know, down in that sugar wallet, down in the old, you know, down in the old oyster, the old oyster coin purse, you feel me? Well, everybody has a story about that in a different moment in time, and we had a beautiful call about a year ago, lady, first time a man ever touched her vagina was in a abandoned refrigerator box out in the garage and she had a you know she had a she had a beautiful story about that and and we all have a special first time and a lot of you guys know first time somebody you know a young lady over there off of uh highway 22 kind of masturbated me out into the water over there off of the uh, you know in one of the tributaries of the chifuncta river this lady J-O'd me out there into the water and you could see the fish come up and get get the seed that had come out of my body and that was nature going full circle. You know, I mean, that is just damn nature. Like somebody just put a whole bunch of nature in a blender and just made a damn, just a smoothie, just a soul smoothie and just poured that bitch right down into your freaking chakras. And uh, and everybody has that moment. So a lot of you guys hit the hotline 985-664-9503. And thank you for for hitting the hotline. And uh, and you just called in and shared some of your moments. So I, I want to hear some of those. I haven't heard any of them. And I'm grateful to you for sharing pieces of your life. Because we all remember that time. That first time. Because look, when you're young, you've been touching your own crotch. You know, I remember we had a guy in our area, this boy, uh, this kid, his name was Tyson, right? They called him Fat Tyson. And nobody, his dad called him that, so. And, you know, he would do, you know, everybody would do, he would, everybody, when you got to know your body, when you find your body had different erogenous zones. An erogenous zone is something you massage yourself or touch your nipples, Dude, remember when your nipples got hard? Remember that? Bro, I thought, I didn't know what was going on. I thought I got, like, had fallen down and got an acorn stuck, like, in my tit. On each one, double corn, you know? So, yeah, just different times. But I remember Fat Tyson told us one time that he had, uh, he had hidden, like, a small one of those toothbrushes you get into his, uh, into his anus, in his, you know, anus or whatever, you know, into that, that behold boy. And this, I know this is getting kind of dirty, but I'm just, I'm just letting you know that we all have experiences with our body and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with if you're young, putting something into your buttocks. 
There's nothing crazy about that. I mean, you, when you first are born, you learn about your mouth. That's a natural hole, you know? So you put snacks in there. Put a sugar treat in your mouth. Put a little cornbread. You know, put a broccoli or something into your mouth. And that's natural. And then you start learning about other, you know, you sneak into mom's room one day and you see dad in there doing uh, the ear cleaner, Q-tipping. And so you get one and you do that and it's crazy. You can't even imagine. You're like, if it's so close to my brain, this is scary. And you pull it out and it's a little bit of brown on there. And you're like, Jesus, my brain has brown wax in it. I'm going to hell. You know, you get caught up. And then another, you know, then your wean, you, you know, your vagine or whatever, you get used to a new thing, your belly butt. I remember one of my favorite things, I would lay on the floor at night and put a couple chocolate, um, I would put a couple chocolate, uh, chocolate chips. Cause Toll House used to have these sack of chocolate chips. When mom was going to make chocolate chip cookies, she got a bag of chocolate chips. And she would have to hide them, boy, because if I found that sack of chocos to the dome. And so I'd take a couple. I'd usually take three and I'd put them into my belly button and lay on my back by the television watching In the Heat of the Night, which was a beautiful television show. And. And. uh, And they would get heated up by my body heat. And that's when that, and then my my belly button would fill with a little bit of chocolate sauce or chocolate, you know, kind of a mousse, I guess, almost a nice fancy, you know, a mousse, they call it. And then I would dip my finger in there on a commercial break and get me a little hit of chocolate and put that thing in my mouth and just really just eating chocolate right out of my own, my own belly button, which is unique because you, you know. Years earlier, I'd been inside of my mother. She had fed me through that tube. And here I am filling that whole, you know, that, that same space where my mother had once nourished me. Here I am melting chocolate chips, Toll House morsels, and just morseling myself up, just dipping my finger into that melted morsel and just bringing it straight up into my face, you know, feeding myself now years later. And that's just full circle. It's the same as. It's not the same, but it's very similar to masturbating into a stream and watching the fish come. And then maybe two years later, you're at a restaurant down the street and you have a little bit of, uh, you know, some tilapia or some barramundi. Or you have a cut of uh, of uh, white fish or butterfish. First of all, where where are they getting new fish from? You notice this on menus? Every, like, maybe two years, they put a new it's like, oh, that, they got the mahi-mahi. Where's that been? Dude, go read Moby Dick. See how many mahi-mahis they got in that sucker. Zilchy-zilchy, bro. Go, you know, now they got the barramundi. I'm somewhere the other day, and the guy's like, oh, we got we got line-caught barramundi. Dude, I don't give a fuck how you convince that guy, you know, how you convince that thing to swim over here. I don't care if you poured nicotine in the water for a couple years and slowly got them addicted. I don't, you know, what, how, what? Oh, we got, you know, we got, uh, we got, um, you know, we got successfully convinced salmon. Like you just convinced them to jump into the net. It's just like, what the fuck are we doing, dude? And Barramundi, I never heard of that. 
Give me a real fish people have heard of. Catfish. Uh, Swedish fish. It's a candy, but everybody's heard of it. Um, trout. Um, fuck. Tuna fish. I'm just sick of some of this fake fish shit. Every, oh, we got butterfish. We got whitefish. What the, f- what are you talking about? Where? Where'd you get it? You got an email from the Lord and they said, oh, they, we releasing, you know, two new types of fish. Like it's a new shoe. You got limited edition over here on these swimmers. Get out of here. Anyway, I'm going nuts, man. I'm actually starving as well right now. Um, anyway, we got some crotch stories. Let's get into a couple of those. And thank you guys for, uh, for calling. Um, I also, right, right before we get into it, I want to say this too. If you hit, uh, you know, we have a couple shows coming up. Vancouver this week. Vancouver, Seattle, Portland, Boise. Um, and we always do things for single moms out there. And uh, we have some tickets that we're going to give away for each of those cities uh, to single dads. It's Father's Day coming up. So it would be great uh, if you guys would email producer, P-R-O-D-U-C-E-R, at Theo Vaughn, T-H-E-O-V-O-N. We want to do something special for some single fathers out there. We've got, uh, and just email and nominate a single father. And this has to be a father of decent age. I don't don't bring me some seventy nine year old, two hundred year old guy. Who he you know he has to drink through a sack or whatever. He's got a collot. I don't want that guy. I want a, a, a dad who's got a young child who has a child who's in school. Or you know what I'm saying? I want a single dad. Or and I know that's just my definition of it, but that's what I would like. So we want to do something special for those men out there. Uh, who? Because it's tough for those guys too. So you want to do special for something special for some single dads, and that's what we're gonna do. And we want to thank our Patreon supporters for helping us with that. Set aside some tickets. Uh, so just email theovon at producer dot com if you recommend someone in those cities, um, and put the information, and we will. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna give out some uh, some sets of tickets for those different cities, Boise. Portland, Seattle, and Vancouver. And uh, thank you guys so much for your support. Let's take this call right here. Here we go. Hi, Theo. This is Sarah from Chicago. Hey, Sarah from Chicago. Nice to see you over there. And Chicago, an amazing city in the U.S. You know, a good city where I think you get a little bit of everything. Uh, And I met some beautiful ladies over there in Chicago. And over the years, I saved them on my phone. I would be like, oh, Chicago, Janet. You know, Chicago, uh, Ray, you know, Raylene or uh, Ray Nell. And then over the years, but then you come back to town over the years and you then you hit them up and you're like, I don't even remember. Now this lady, you know, she's 45 or 47 and she's got a couple kids. Her husband's texting you back like, who the fuck, is, what's going on? So you got to be careful who you, whose number you save in that great city. Let's hear more. This morning on my way to work. I was laughing at the hotline question because my first sexual experience as a 15-year-old was with some with some crotch rubbing, and praise God, babe, praise God. And uh, let's hear you just say that part again about the crotch rubbing, because it's just make sure everybody heard it. I can't tell some with some crotch rubbing, and my boyfriend and I, who is now my husband, 
were in the back of my dad's car on our way home from Great America. Oh, yeah, and so it begins. Immediately, I'm going back to that place in my heart. In my right now, I want to go put on like a um, I want to put on a Big Johnson shirt. They had this special series of shirts. Uh, I want to go put. You know, I want to. I want to put on some old music, some boys to men, or some um, some kind of shit, and really make it pop. So you and your, oh yeah, you're in the back of a parent's car. Okay, let's go. Of my dad's car on our way home from Great America. Great America is in Gurney, and we live all the way in Chicago. So it's a good two-hour drive. Oh yeah! Turn up the music, Dad. <laughs> pretty far, and I remember I just kind of started touching his crotch. I just don't really know why. Oh, I know why. Because the Lord wants you to. That's why. I mean, I say, look, if you put my hand somewhere and you put a crotch somewhere else. And you turn off the lights. When you turn that light back on, I swear to God, boy, my hand will be over there. So let's hear more. Um, I'm the oldest of two brothers, so I don't, didn't really have any siblings to kind of help me understand what sex was, what was going to happen, none of that. So he started reacting as men do to a woman touching his crotch, and he had a. Uh, he had a hard on for about two hours all the way from Great America all the way home. And my husband and I, we still laugh about it. Uh, but I remember being so shocked, not really understanding what the hell was going on, if he was going to be okay. Oh, yeah. And that's beautiful. And you know that's love when you get erect and somebody asks you if you're doing okay. I mean, that's American love right there. Usually you get erect and people, a woman might laugh. She might, you know, text it, get a shot of it, a snap, show her friend. You know, Ronnie's got a little dick. But it's beautiful when a woman, you know, you get erect. You've been erect for a couple hours. A girl knocks on the door. Hey, everything all right? Let's hear more. Um, <laughs> and now, obviously, it's just something we can look back and laugh at. Um, gang, gang. Gang, gang, a two-hour wiener your man showed out with, and that's beautiful. And if you wanted to enter something in a national 4-H competition, they're judging rabbits, and they're judging, you know, little chickadees and stuff. you got to have two of the chickadees, and this hair's got to be slicked back, and they got to be healthy, and their sugar level's good. But you show me a man who can have an erection, you know, a two-hour wiener on a riding backseat of a car while his while the dad is picking the music... That's a show animal to me. Thank you for that call and thank you for that story and just taking me back in time. I remember hearing the first time I'd ever even heard about people having sex. Because we used to do some peeping Tom and when I grew up, peeping Tom was, I mean, that was cable. And we used to do some good peeping Tom and boy, I could see somebody eat and I watched somebody eat or do sex or whatever. And it, all of it was kind of the same to me at all. Just I was so curious very much. Like the American Beauty. Remember that movie with Kevin Spacey and the other boy? Ben Affleck or whatever. But I loved that. Uh, I loved watching people live their lives through pain glass. Who doesn't? And so what I'm saying now is this. Uh, I don't even know what I'm saying. I don't even know what I'm talking about. But uh, but thank you for that story. Thank you for taking me back. I remember the first time when I was young hearing about sex and hearing that people were having it. And there was a boy 
and he was like a year older than us or two years, and everybody said that he and this girl that had sex on some lawn chairs out by a pool over summer. And suddenly everybody's like, fuck, man. I gotta have sex. People are scared. People are writing. I'm having sex on pieces of paper and just throwing, just, you know, pinning it to their shirt. Everybody's like, what, the, what are you talking about? You know, people didn't even know. Like, everybody was just consumed. People are buying lawn chairs and, you know, laying them, just putting them in their yard. Other people are like sacrilegious. They're buying lawn chairs and like putting gas on them and burning them. Yelling racial slurs and stuff at them. It just, it got wild. But, but yeah, once that fire starts, once you hear somebody, I mean, I remember my buddy, my buddy, you know, I remember the big thing was if you could touch a woman's crotch while y'all were in the back of the car when the mom was taking you home. That was... And still, let me say this, that is still a golden move. I don't care if you're 15 or if you are 60. If your wife or your significant other's mother is driving y'all somewhere and you in the back with your lady and you get to doing some touching or, you know, or, the, or your lady jerks you off while your dad is driving y'all somewhere. That's still awesome, man. That is still. It's kind of like it's the it's the Mount Kilimanjaro of sexuality. It's just that rare. It's just that thing. It's something. It's like so defiant of your parents, and at the same time, so like adventurous. Because with all your dad has to do is turn back and look, and you are you're done, dude. What? <laughs> One of my friends who will name Nate, who will remain nameless, he was with his family driving somewhere on a vacation. Okay. He puts the map up like this and masturbated behind the map. I mean, if you think your parents don't know that you're masturbating behind a map in a small vehicle, this wasn't an SUV. This is a car. SUV? Maybe. Jerking off behind a Rand McNally? Behind a small map? In a car? In a sedan? <laughs> Woo! Dirt. That's dirt, boy. That's dirt. Come on. Come on, boy. You got to tighten up on that on that level. All right, let's take another story that came in here. But, the, man, just some beautiful stories. Beautiful stories. And we just wonder what, what a phenomenal time this is in people's lives. What up, P.O. It's Kyle calling you from North Carolina, man. Calling in for the FTC, the FTC challenge. Yes, sir. And that's first time crotch touch. And that's that F, first time F-T-C-T. Crotch touch. Thank you for calling in, Kyle, from North Kakalaka. Beautiful, beautiful place over there. And I know Duke was losing in those, uh, in those, to Vanderbilt in those men's college world series, but kudos to them, uh, uh for, for developing a great program over there. I know UNC's in, in the college world series as well right now. Onward. Whatever you want to call it, that first time crotch story. First time I grabbed crotch, my parents, 
and everyone else was going to church. So when and you know, when you put the Lord next to the loins, man, it's a real face-off. Oh, makes it more exciting, doesn't it? When everybody was in church, we would sneak away and go upstairs, and we would swap spit with the girls, you know? I was in middle school, and I had my girlfriend at the time, and I had seen my stepsister and her boyfriend do something I ain't never seen. You know, he touched her crotch, and he told me that's what you got to do. Oh, that's what you got to do, boy. That's what you got to do. <sighs> Sorry. This is a very interesting to me to hear this research. Let's hear more. And they were older than me. So I went back to Sunday school, and I was excited, you know. Oh, yeah. Suddenly, it's Saturday night. Even though it's Sunday school, suddenly, it is Saturday night, my friend. Yes, sir. Let's hear more. I had learned this new trick, and we were making out. And I touched her crotch. So we get to school that Monday, and I'm excited, you know. Oh, yeah, you're the damn Wayne Gretzky, brother. I mean, you're the damn Wayne Gretzky of Young Leg. Let's hear it. And she had sent me a note saying we were moving too fast, and uh, she broke up with me. And I didn't grab another crotch for a few years because I was kind of like a PTSD from it, you know? I thought every time I, I, I tried to make a move on anybody, they were going to break up with me. Wow. Man, well, I appreciate you sharing that, man. I couldn't understand that some. Yeah, you know, look, that's very, look, something happens and it alarms you and then you set off. Let's hear more. But that's that's my first cry story, so. Gang, gang, I love y'all. Gang, gang, brother, and thank you for sharing your story with everybody, and I mean that. You know, it's brave to put a little bit of yourself out there, whether it's a piece of your past or a piece of your present. And I and I, uh, I applaud all of all the callers that do. You know, I remember now, you know, I had erectile dysfunction for probably about 11 years. And I still really, you know, I'm probably still at all times. I got to have a little bit of gas station, you know, some of those uh, GSWPs, those gas station wiener pills in my system at all times to even really get out of bed in the morning. I need two milligrams of something running through me. And, and, uh, and it, uh, it, it Fuck, sorry for us talking about Jesus. Man, yeah, well, so you, I remember getting non-erect and a lady, and then I tried to tell her like I was doing magic, and I was like, ta-da, and my dick still wasn't doing erection. My wiener was still being soft, being, you know, real natural. And she was disappointed, and then I couldn't get over that for years. Because really, I was just nervous. I should have just said, hey, I'm just uncomfortable right now. And it probably would have been cool. But at the time, I was just young and I was nervous. And there was broken glass. And look, I can't get erect near broken glass, okay? Yeah, my bad, right? But I can't get erect near broken glass. And I still can't. Or if there's a car accident or something, dude, I ain't... I ain't... I ain't, I ain't getting erect near a car accident. Okay, yeah, my bad, ladies. But yeah, those things really can give you a little bit of travesty. But thank you for sharing, man. That is a, Middle school is a little young to be learning that trick. You know, first time I saw some breasts, I remember I was, uh, 
Well, they used to have, somebody had chiseled some tits into a nice birch that uh, had been hit by lightning out near us in the woods. And people used to go masturbate to that and, you know, and that's just the Lord working. But this was, uh, I was at summer camp and they had this girl, man, and she had red hair. I'd never seen red hair. I'd never seen it. I'd seen, you know, different colors of hair, brown, blonde, uh, black, white, but I'd never seen red hair and this girl had it, man. And she just looked so exotic to me. And, uh, I saw another camp counselor looking at her breast one time. This dude, Joey, I think his name was, or, you know, Joey was actually a little more, this dude, Joey, what was his name? He was my camp counselor. John. He had a cousin, a nephew named Jonas. Oh man! I got, for some reason I know them, and my brain, my brain is just skipping on their name. Um, but they was out. I think they grew up out off of Lee Road. Anyway, but uh, they Joey, I think, was looking at the lady's breast, the camp counselor, and I was a camper, a camper, and so I was like, "Oh, what's in there?" You know, and he kept looking in her shirt. And, sh- and they said, oh, titties are. And so I wanted to look in, right? So I looked in and I saw them, dude. And I'd never seen titties, dude, except for my mom's, you know? And I'd only sneakily seen them. And seen them sometimes when I didn't want to. When my mom didn't think that we knew what titties were. And, she would almost, and sometimes she would just get out the bath and we would see them. But what happened was, uh, I, oh, I saw them and then I lied. I said I didn't see them. And they were like, what? And I was like, yeah, I, I didn't see them, you know. So then they let me look again, and I looked again, and there and there they were again, still just milling around on this on this, on this this camp counselor's chest, you know, tits. And then I said, oh, I remember I said I only saw one. And that time they fucking said I was, I was like a sicko. And so then I kind of felt like something was wrong with me after that a little bit. And I was afraid to see both breasts at once on a woman, even though I'd lied about it. I was still like, I'll tell a lie about something and then also suffer the repercussions of my lie. Isn't that crazy? I'll be like, oh, yeah, I only saw one tit, even though I saw both. They'll call me a sicko. Then I feel bad about lying. And then I'll also think, for years to come, when I see tits, that if I look at both of them at the same time, something bad's going to happen to me. So, Jesus Christ. Let's hear another call that came in. But Sunday school slipping off from the Lord to do the devil's handiwork. As always, the hotline is 985-664-9503. Here we go. This is a first crotch experience call. Thank you for the call, brother. Onward. This is Sean O. from Boulder City, Nevada. Sean O. from Boulder City, Nevada. And I've never been over there, but, um, you know, it sounds beautiful. Rolls right off your tongue. Boulder City. Um, I was about 13 between 7th and 8th grade. Oh, it's prime touching area, dude. That's prime time to touch or be touched. You're laying in bed at night. You can just hear other kids touching each other's crotches. 
and it just burns you up. Let's hear more, brother. Onward. It was in Springfield, Missouri. Oh, yeah. That Springfield. Go. I met this chick at the swimming pool. We go back to her place, you know. Oh, yeah, and crotch always feels fresher when it's right out of the city pool, if you ever notice that. Or that summertime pool, the fr- or out of a bathing suit, crotch always feels fresher when it's fresh like that. Uh, I'll, I'll quit interrupting you. Onward. We go back to her place, you know, and to this point, I had only really seen late 70s, early 80s pornography. So- oh, yeah. Sorry, I told you I wouldn't do that anymore, and I won't. Let's hear the rest of your story. Sorry, friend. 80s pornography so you know um a lot of bush back in those days yeah. and so um for some reason i thought the little the jj was like an inch or two below the belly button like got the hairline of the crotch and so uh <laughs> So you thought a woman was like one of those uh, those uh, little gnomes, those little belly with the jewel in her belly. Dang, man, that's that's very interesting. I mean, you would be a very unique surgeon. Onward. I was, you know, searching around with the old index and and the fingers, and man, I was confused. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know if. I fucked around and got a hermaphrodite or something. Mm-hmm. You know, I was young. But uh, finally, the girl gave me a little assistance. Help me go uh, a little farther down south and got my FCE. And never really talked to her again. But, uh, yeah, that was uh, my uh, first cross experience. Uh, shout out to Springfield, Missouri, a public swimming pools. Uh, R.I.P. Billy Conforto. We're going to keep your name in the streets. Gang, gang. Gang, bro. And thank you for bringing him up, man. I appreciate that, dude. Yeah, I was looking at some... Uh, somebody sent me some pictures of him the other day, actually. And I should put some of those on the... Onto the... Uh, on, onto the... This past weekend. And then we had a shirt designed for him as well. And so, maybe we'll put that out. But... Um, yeah, but remember that, dude? I remember something like that, touching, thinking I was, you know, I didn't know what that was. Just kept pushing on some girl's midsection. That's crazy, right? Just put, just, just massaging some girl's fupa or something. Who knows? I mean, it was wild when you were young. I had a buddy and he used to practice touching girls on his own, um, b-hole. And at first, I'm like, that's crazy. But then I'm like, I can't fault this guy. At least this guy has a little bit of lay of the land. I'm out here, ro- you know. You don't know what's going on. Then I remember thinking that it was all a myth that girls didn't even have vaginas. Because I remember laying down with this one girl up there off a of, off Million Dollar Road. And that's when the, you know, the pizza delivery guy had crashed and a lot of people had robbed him and shit. But I didn't get involved in that. I was back at the house, you know, trying to touch a little of that, you know, trying to just get involved in that womb tunnel. You feel me? Get a little into that womb. And, uh, oh, fuck, I don't know what I was talking about. 
but but anyway man uh thanks for your story man thank you for calling in brother for sharing that story looking for an easy affordable way to stock up for summer grilling as well as a great gift think omaha steaks Right now, Omaha Steaks is giving a limited-time Father's Day gift offer to my listeners. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter code PAST in the search bar for 74% off the Father's Day Steak Fix gift package. A $235 value now for only $59.99. You want that meat? Get that meat. Order now and you get two tender filet mignons, two bold top sirloins, two savory pork chops, four Omaha Steaks burgers, four massive gourmet jumbo franks, four crispy chicken fried steaks, a packet of Omaha Steaks signature seasoning, four apple caramel tartlets for dessert, Four premium chicken breasts and some all beef meatballs. And you get four extra Omaha Steaks burgers for free. And if you don't have heartburn after all that, then you don't have a heart. Give this amazing package as a gift for dad or stock up for incredible summer grilling at 74% off. Exclusive offer. Omaha Steaks Father's Day Steak Fix package valued at 235 for just 59.99 go to omahasteaks.com and type code PAST into the search bar that's right go to omahasteaks.com type PAST in the search bar to get the father's day steak fix package today today's episode is also brought to you by uh Hair Club, your confidence is important. Sometimes one change can make all the difference. Hair Club knows this, and they're inviting you to become part of their Hair Club family to see how getting the most out of your hair can change your life. They understand the emotions you're feeling, and they know the questions you have. Hair is wild, you know. It's, you know if you're a farmer, it's your real crop. It's that front line. Uh, it's, that fr- it's, your, it's your main crop, man. It's your cotton. It's your corn. It's your soybeans. It's on your head. Hair Club is the leader in total hair solutions with a legacy of success for over 40 years. Whether you're looking to revitalize the growth of your own hair or to learn more about the latest proven methods for hair replacement or restoration, Hair Club's professionally trained stylists, hair health experts, and consultants will craft a personalized solution to ensure you feel your best and get the most out of your hair. See for yourself just how powerful great hair can be. We all want to have good hair or at least a good mustache or something. Chest hair, body hair, butt hair, back of your neck, back of your legs. But I'm talking about the head hair. And look, a lot of our listeners know I had part of my hair taken out of the back and put right on the top of my hair or in the front. I got about 100 hairs from the back that are in the front. So basically foster hair. Foster hair care. You got to take care of your hair, man. Hair Club, they know the solutions. Go to hairclub.com slash Theo today for a free hair analysis and a free take-home hair kit all valued at over $300 that's hairclub.com slash Theo for a free hair analysis and free hair care kit hairclub.com slash Theo experience your hair and your life at its best only with hair club 
I'm certain you'll love the club. And my mother used to put a club on the car. She had a Volkswagen Rabbit. And that thing, probably worth $1,100. You could get into it through the bottom. There was no, someone had, or water had rotted out the paneling under the rear passenger seat. You could get into the car through the bottom of it. And my mother would put a club on that thing. Unbelievable. We laugh at her so hard. But thank you, Mom, for getting me wherever I needed to be. Let's take another crotch story. Here we go. Hey, Theo, this is Joy uh, from Aleska, Georgia. Just calling in to give you my um, first crotch touch story. Hey, Joy, thank you for calling in. And you know nothing brings joy to youngsters like touching one another. And uh, and so I, it's just ironic that you called today. And thank you for being a supporter. And I'm excited to come over there to Georgia. I'm excited to get into the South a little bit later this year on some tour dates. And I'm going to add some more. And I, I want to find some VFW chapters where we can go and do some fundraising at some of those places. Um, but I got a, a lot to do. Let's hear more. Thank you for calling, Joy. I didn't mean to make that about me for a second. Let's go. Uh, it's a long time ago because I'm actually older than you are. So, um, but oh, look, crotch stories have no age. Okay, these things are timeless. Let's go. I do remember it vividly because it was the summer between I was 13 turning 14, and that was back in a time where you know little kids uh, just rode their bikes everywhere and hung out outside and did everything all like that during the summertime. And I remember there was probably about 10 of us hanging around on our little bikes, and we had gone to this little area back to the back of the neighborhood. Oh, yeah, the back of the neighborhood. What goes on back there? Nothing good. And everything good. Let's hear more. And um, just throwing, like, some rocks in a creek and stuff. These two boys pull up on their mopeds. And back then, you know, I came from an area where... Um, oh, yeah, the French. We call them Frenchmen. Let's hear more. Two boys pull up on their mopeds. And back then, you know, I came from an area where um, that was fancy stuff. So the cute one actually looked at me, and he was like, these boys are about 15. He looked at me, and he was like, um, hey, you want to ride? You want to try riding it? And I'm like, oh, yeah, hell yeah. Never been on a moped. Mm. Jumped on the back, wrapped my arms around him, and uh, we took off. Forever young, forever. Sorry, you just got me. Do you want to ride in the backseat of a Getty? You got me feeling all of this right now, you know? He got me like a wrecking ball. Boots getting biggie. You got me feeling the past suddenly all of a sudden. Let's hear it. On the back, wrap my arms around him. And uh, we took off. Now, that's the first time I'd ever felt something, you know, shaking in between my legs and stuff like that. So already, and I've got these little cute little flimsy bike shorts on, but uh, it was already feeling kind of crazy. Plus, I got my arms around this cute boy. Mm -hmm. Well, we hit a bump, and all of a sudden, this boy decides to just slide his hand, take it off one of the controls, slide his hand back behind his back, and just grab a hold of my crotch. Now, at first, I was alarmed, but at the same time, it was one of those first time I'd ever had that feeling about, um, do I like this or do I not? Mm. So, um, needless to say, I was squealing by the time we got off of that uh, moped, and I guess the moral of the story is uh, I did like it, whether I wanted to admit it at the time or not. 
Um, and mopeds are fun to ride at times. So anyway, that's my first crop story. Wow. Wow. Thank you for sharing that story. It's like, man, that crotch boy, that crotch is, it's like a day. It's like, you ever see, you ever, you ever be in a neighborhood or something, you get to a certain age and you realize, oh, there's a power plant or there's like a power grid or area in our neighborhood. Or you, you drive by that place for years. You don't know what it is. It looks like some weird wiring and there's fences outside. Do not enter, do not enter. And then one day, like, oh, that's electricity. That shit, that's, that, that place kills monkeys in commercials years ago. And that now, that is the crotch. That's that thing. That's that electricity. That's that hub. That's that NASA. I mean, it's all space. It's all space. And you got that NASA just north of your ass. You feel me? That's that crotch. And it's really remarkable it's really, really remarkable to hear that story of you on a moped, a French, a French mode of transportation, and the boy reaches back. I mean, what a, what a power move there. And also love how you're not a, you're not like, oh, this guy molested me. That's nowadays people lose all of their shit. But the person who was involved in it, they see what's going on. Oh, I made, you know, the guy, it seemed like it was just your experience and that's what happened. You could decide if you liked it or not. You weren't sure. It was just a moment where we kind of decide. The guy didn't, you know, trap you or nothing like that or put you in a kennel or anything like that. It was just a regular afternoon. And I bet sometimes you see a moped go by and you, uh, I bet those feelings flare up for you. And that's beautiful, man. That's truly beautiful to imagine and just to reminisce and to think about that. That's life. That's life. And and I think it's nice to be able to share his story. And also, yeah, it's funny because at, th- at those ages, things are happening and we're deciding if we like them or not. Do I like this? Am I okay with this? Does this need to stop? It, this is needs to this needs to occur more. What's going on here? And that's sexuality. That's how we develop some of our sexuality is by having experiences that are safe enough where we can still learn and make choices. And um, and I know some people that, that they have dark experiences, uh, but I'm glad that we're sharing ones that are, you know, at least ones where we're where we were all in a space where we could learn and have a moment of knowledge. Um, you know, I remember, man, I got so many stories about this now, and I'll, I guess I'll tell them a different time because I want to get into more of an episode here. Um, but I remember, so we went to the dance when I was in school. I was a school child. I mean, I was a school boy. A lot of people think I was always an adult, and that's insane. That's insane. And, uh, and so I will... I I remember we went to a dance and afterwards we went back to my buddy's house, and one of the gals from the dance came out came back there with us, and my buddy ended up touching her crotch. And God, dude, I was so horny, bro. Damn, I was horny, boy. I was horny. I mean, I was like a 
like a try hundred ceratops, dude. I was horny, bro. Horny, horny. I mean, I'm a, I'm a surprised poachers didn't show up and try to fuck me up. Because I was horny, boy. And my, so, dude, my buddy was out, they went off in the woods and they were being gentle with each other's bodies like that. And so, then her mom came and got her or whatever. I think her mom was a cop or something. She was out on a route or something doing police work. And... And I lived in this kind of place of police sometimes would show up and just shoot a gun into the woods a couple times. Just empty of, you know, just empty the clip right into the woods. Because they figured if you out in the woods fucking around at night and you get shot, you probably deserved it, you know, if you in the dark woods. So, but yeah, her mom came by, I remember, and took her. And, you know, it was just the time her mom was going to come pick her up. There was no issues or nothing. And then afterwards, my buddy's out there. And I remember just putting my, I mean, when they walked off in the woods, I remember putting my ear to the ground and just, I just wanted to hear as much of this touching as I could. I wanted to just be as close to it as I could. I was so jealous. Well, anyway, they came back and my buddy, you know, everybody was all excited. And that's when another kid's dad came out to the, we were standing by a bonfire out there. Another fellow's dad came out there, the boy's house it was. And he came out there and uh and he ended up and this is a little bit grotesque, is it? But it's also nature. And animals do this all the time. He ended up smelling my buddy's hand for about fifteen minutes out there, my buddy's dad. And this is my friend who just walked off into the woods and touched a gal's crotch for the first time, and then my buddy's dad came out and just smelled my buddy's hand for probably not 15 minutes, that's long, probably about nine minutes. And we all just sat there and watched him just huff on this hand and just, and that's nature, boy, and that's nature. Um, What else are we going to do today? Oh, yeah, we got Nick is going to come in and talk to us about the news a little bit, and then we'll get uh, back into a few more stories. Um, Yeah. But send in some submissions for the single dads. Uh, we're going to do some single dads uh, tickets for them for some shows that are sold out. All those shows are sold out and save some tickets to surprise some guys. And, and uh, yeah, because I just can't imagine what that's like. And I don't have that experience. I didn't have a single dad. But, I mean, I guess I did after my parents divorced. But I didn't live with my father. So I don't have that experience, but I can only imagine that it's probably not that far different than having a single mother. Um, I'll say this, Nick is going to be in with us in just a second, so hold on. All right, we got, uh, Nick is in studio. How's it going, man? It's going really good. Uh, just trying to get this studio working order. We're, we're making it happen in the meantime. Yeah, man, I want to thank you too, dude, man, for just, uh... You know, I know you guys are, uh, I mean, I know we're all doing it, but yeah, there's a lot of space to fill here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw we got a little refrigerator. That's cool. Yeah, some, some cold waters. Uh, we're, we're getting there <laughs> piece by piece. Um, yeah, if you had to say like on 100%, what percent are we at right now, you think? Considering the most important function is being able to do the podcast, mm-hmm. I'd say we're at 65%. That's good. I would agree with that. And there's a lot of room for new opportunity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So probably 10% is room for new opportunity. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's like 
a percent that's always going to be avail- available because we're constantly evolving. So you'll never be to 100% ideally. A, wow. I Dang. think. I like it now. I thought you're right. Yeah, the goal of 100% is almost kind of crazy, huh? Yeah. It's like, what are you going to do when you get there? Just disappear into the ether? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can't stop. What are you going to do? Just disappear through a wall like Joe Rogan does sometimes, according to uh, Nick Swartzen? <laughs> yeah. You remember that? Yeah. <laughs> he said he saw uh, Joe Rogan eating ferret sashimi and then disappeared through a wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't imagine him disappearing. I imagine him busting through it like the Kool-Aid <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Like extremely loudly disappearing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that would be so cool to watch, man. And uh, yeah, just new construction. Joe Rogan's construction company would be so dope. (laughs) (laughs) It just takes down walls. Yeah, just taking down walls. Um, Nick's going to help us with the news. What's going on in the news? Uh, Let's see. First up, um, with the Toronto Raptors, one win from winning the NBA Finals, point guard Kyle Lowry is making headlines on and off the court. Uh, First, he was chasing after a loose ball, you may have seen this, jumped into the stands and uh, almost hit a lady. She moved out of the way, but then a guy a couple seats over like gave him this extra shove. He was really upset about it at the time, and it turned out after uh, people looked into it that uh, the guy who pushed him was Warriors minority owner Mark Stevens. He's mm. a venture capitalist and, and a part owner. So Rich guy. Yeah, real, real rich guy, entitled rich guy, and uh, he ended up... The NBA said he can't attend any more finals games and he can't attend any more games until they complete an investigation, essentially tell people stop talking about it, sounds like, and then I'll be back courtside. And uh, yeah, um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Man, first of all, what about his the first, the game when he comes back? Imagine how nervous and awkward that's going to be. <laughs> it's like whenever you got in trouble over something and you got then you had to go back to the place and it was always so uncomfortable. Um. You know, it's if he's a my he's a minority owner. I I'd have to watch the tape again. Like I think if someone if it's a reaction where like somebody bowls over somebody that's just sitting next to me, I could have a defensive reaction. You know, uh, I've I did see it a couple times. At first, I didn't even notice what they were talking about. Mm-hmm. I remember I was like, "Who's pushing?" I don't see that part. Mm-hmm. Um, but but did it seem like more than that to you? I just felt like it was unnecessary. I kind of have a feeling the guy might have had a couple drinks, and oh, yeah. uh, he he was feeling feeling loose in the front row. But it's like, I just there nothing good come come from it. I don't know if you remember the uh, the malice at the palace, the Detroit oh, yeah. Ron Artest, yeah. Stephen Jackson, that brawl in Detroit, and it's because someone threw something on the court, and then the players react, and they're the ones that get suspended for the season or worse. You know? Yeah, that's a good point. Now Kyle Lowry, if he reacts. He's the he's the he's the bad guy. Yeah, it's like it's like I don't want to compare players to dogs, but if like a child's like needling uh, a dog and the dog bites the kid, right. they put the dog down. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. That's true. Those players have a lot to lose, especially in close proximity, playing a, an an intense game. Mm-hmm. Also, a game where they've had a lot of trash talk, and you got Fat Drake over there. You know, <laughs> you know. So sick of Drake. Oh, dude, it's like, what do you go play? At least Master P fucking auditioned to be on the team. Yeah, and show you know? up at road games. Yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, you're just making it as easy as possible. So I think. Um, I will say I used to be a Drake fan, but I'm just kind of salty because I'm a pretty big Milwaukee Bucks fan. And uh, he was just all over that series. And, was he? Yeah, it was insufferable. 
Yeah, uh, I think Drake's just kind of, I mean, ever since, it, like, or even in his early work when he's like, uh, the toughest thing he ever went through, I think he borrowed his uncle's car and brought it back late or something. And I was like, this isn't, <laughs> there's no street credit here. I think he's a good, he's kind of like a ballad singer more to me. He's more like, I'm trying to think of somebody to compare him to from, um, he's turned into more like boys to men. Yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree, which... I was a Boys to Men fan, so yeah. I can't, can't hate. I agree. I was a Boys to Men fan, but but I think that series is real chippy. I think if you're gonna let people sit up by the front and drink alcohol, then they could they could do things they don't even think about. Mm-hmm. Definitely, the guys in the front row of those games they they feel sometimes like they are in the game, mm-hmm. and the game almost feels fictional when you're that close sometimes Mm -hmm. you're so used to watching it on television that when you're up close it feels like even when i was at the mma fights i thought fuck i might i I could probably jump in you know (laughs) i could do this like as long as i you know read the manual first like other controls and know what x and r2 do and all of this then i could get right in there Meanwhile, the truth is, if I'd have fucking gotten up there, nine guys would have beaten me from behind. Before, if I would have got in the ring, two guys would have beaten me. So, I think a lot of people have that thought, though. I, I was a big Entourage fan back in the day, mm-hmm. and Ari Gold, he had courtside Laker seats, and he was like, he got yelled at for stepping down the court, and he's like, I paid thirty grand for these seats. I'll check in if I want to. Yeah. So it's <laughs> it's the same thing. I think people you feel you have some entitlement, like you're part of it when you're paying that much and you're sitting up there. Right. Yeah. Some entitlement. I think you're right. That's a good word for it. So does it make? Yeah. It doesn't make it right. I think the 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 punishment will probably justify what happened. Mm-hmm. I think it'll set some precedent. But also, these these they run the risk. There's a fine line between. How close do you put people to the game? Mm-hmm. They they know there's you know in every half inch there's an extra ten thousand dollars straight up. So they it's like uh, there must be a lot of insurance and a lot of liability policy they have there. Yeah. What else we got, man? Uh, one more thing. Or did I'll, you have any other thoughts on it? Uh, just I don't know. Like like I said, the the player is the one that stands to lose. So uh, I don't like it. It shouldn't be allowed. And I'm glad like. They, they shut him down. Now, would you love to see a ne- a separate game afterwards or a fight afterwards? The minority owners fighting each other on court at halftime. Let's do some real shit. Yeah, yeah. That make the make the owners play each other, and then and then the players can be at the stands. And I don't think they would react the same. Yeah, I'd love to see some of these snarky little minority owners <laughs> out there in their uh, structure sweaters. You know, have the side piece hold the Banana Republic sweater that they're wearing, <laughs> the V neck. And uh, and let them get out there and beat each other at halftime. Get a couple two J crews out there <laughs> yeah, versus dude. each other, and uh, have them at, have them go at it. Uh, but this brings us to the next sto- story. Uh, TMZ reported that NBA teams and are discussing, and two have already done it. Uh, they are getting rid of the term owner who for uh, majority stakeholders of the team. Uh, some people say because it's uh, predominantly African American players, there's some racial racial insensitivity with the term owner. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think about that? Um, I think that that's crazy. We have to rewrite the dictionary at some point. I mean, I don't know, dude. I, I, but I, it makes me uncomfortable when I see people own the people's rights to people on television. So, I guess some of that I could understand. But if somebody's a business owner and I'm employed at the business. 
then just because they have the term owner, I also have the term employee. I also have the term player. I also have the term father or, or, you know, whatever your other terms are. I'm a brother. I'm a son. I'm not just because somebody writes an article and says that this, that you're still a slave or you're still a this. If you think that way, that's at a certain point, that's your own mentality. I agree. I think it's just ridiculous over, over correction that people are doing. Um, players, like you said, they're employees. They own the team. Like you own this podcast. Right. I'm not offended if you would ever, you, you don't talk like that. But if you ever said, I own this podcast, I don't think, take that as you own me. Right. Uh, but it's interesting. I wonder if with certain people, would you use certain, would we use certain terms differently? You know, I don't think so. I don't think it matters. I think at some point it's just people making clickbait and making trouble. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times it's just lawyers like, Mm -hmm. oh, well, how can we find another way to let's sue this way? Now let's sue this way. Mm -hmm. Oh, let's sue this way. Let's sue this way. It's like it just never ends. I agree. Which raises insurance rates. People wonder why insurance is so high because they allow lawyers to absolutely sue every single direction. And all these lawyers that are like suing each other, they... They're buddies. They're and, buddies. And they're buddies with the judge. And they just, they're showing up for another day of work with their friends. And it doesn't matter who's suing who. They're getting a piece of it. It's crazy, man. And at a certain point, everything can only go until it goes. And when it can't go anymore, it's just going to get pretty real, I think, sometimes. It's, it's alarming. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, next news story uh, organizers in Boston are planning a straight. Pride Parade, tentatively scheduled for August 31st. The organizers are still working to secure a permit from the city, but uh, they just on Friday named former Breitbart editor and controversial figure Milo Yiannopoulos as the marshal for the event. And he's a homosexual man, isn't he? He is, he is. uh, Who's always, uh, no pun intended, prided himself on fighting for straight rights, ironically. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised that they have... People want a straight pride parade. Everybody wants has their own group now. I feel like a, if anything feels more under attack these days, it definitely feels like it's straight. You know, even though a lot of times they, no one would write this article or something because, you know, a lot of the media companies seem to be in the same group. But I feel like if anybody seems under attack these days, or if, if, well, here's what I'll say. I have no idea. But to me, it does feel like straight men are under attack these days. That, that make you seem like if you're straight that there's something wrong with you. That if you're straight that you're also then anti-gay. And that seems to be like a narrative that's sometimes out there that I don't like that much. Um, also, it's kind of uncomfortable sometimes being a straight male. A lot of men will hit on you and if you reject them in a way that even is kind or don't, then they will immediately call you homophobic. Which is like, I'm not homophobic. I just like women. I'm not homosexual. So that's cool if you you are. I might be homosexual one day. You know, if I do enough cocaine, I could be a homosexual for a little while in a bathroom or something maybe. But I, I don't have any intention of being full-time gay male. Um, not this lifetime anyway, or not now maybe. I mean, who knows if when we're 40, you know, the sugars or whatever we've been eating, the riboflavins or the... One of them morphs you out. Next thing you know. Aspartame. Yeah, aspartame, dude. And you out there trying to tame some ass. (laughs) I mean, it could easily happen. We don't fucking know, bro. People don't know the side effects of a donut stick, okay? (laughs) You think you lobbying in there every morning, get you that donut stick, and that thing doesn't have any side effects, boy? Come on. So, 
I'm not surprised that they want to have that, that they want to have a straight pride parade. I'm not surprised. I think it's okay. Look, the cool thing about America is any group should be able to meet. And just because a group meets doesn't mean that it's against your own group. Like a lot of people say, oh, if they're having a straight pride, that means that they hate gay or they hate this. Or I don't think it means any of that. Maybe it's just some dudes that want to fucking have a good time together. I, I think I I think it's kind of silly and like, I don't know, it's like attention-seeking behavior. But yeah. like, I mean, Chris D'Elia had a great, great tweet about it. He said, straight pride parade. Hey guys, if you're in a parade, you're gay. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> Which is a pretty solid point. That's a good point, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it should just be the closeted men's parade. <laughs> what I don't like is if they got this guy Milo Yiannopoulos, mm -hmm. he seems to be polarizing. Mm -hmm. Like his whole thing is just to be polarizing. I'm not saying I agree or disagree with any of his views. I don't know even what his views are. But I think if you're going for somebody polarizing, then that makes it kind of crazy, you know. Like delegitimizes it a little bit. Yeah, it's like you're just trying to start trouble. Mm -hmm. Now, if you'd have got Ric Flair or something or Dusty Rhodes out there, fuck. Woo! Yeah, it sounds like a party. <laughs> you know? It sounds like a good time. I mean, nobody wore a beautiful woman's robe like Mr. Ric Flair. <laughs> yeah. The bottom line! Uh, he's, he's kind of a bucket list guest for me for this past weekend. Oh, man, I'd love to have him. Who else while you're in here, man? Who else would you like to get? I've been saying it from mountaintops. I want Norm Macdonald in here. I yeah. think you two together would be just incredibly. What's, oh. <laughs> what's your buddy Adam Egan doing? Let's, let's. You know what? That's a great question. Adam owes me. Oh, my God. He just texted me. Seriously? Yeah. Norm or Adam? Uh, Adam. <laughs> uh, who else do I want? So um, funny. We just talked about him. I would love... Uh, Conor McGregor. I mean, that's kind of pie in the sky. He doesn't do a ton of media appearances, but uh... yeah, I feel like he hates me for some reason. Even though I don't even know him. You ever get that feeling about Conor McGregor? Like he hates you, even though you don't know him. I think we'd be buds. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we also fucking bought the Conor McGregor lookalike kit as well, dude. <laughs> Weren't you Conor McGregor for Halloween as well? Yeah, a couple years ago. It was way too early. No one knew the fuck he was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. You were just kind of like a. <laughs> It was 2014. No You're like a knew. real thin lumberjack. <laughs> <laughs> Irish lumberjack. Any other news? Uh, just a couple like kind of fun stories. Mm -hmm. uh, Semi-fun. A Texas hiker was found alive after missing for over a week. That's Texas, man. Loving place. People get taken care of. Not surprised, man. <laughs> yeah, survived even without the water. Uh, 14 lions escaped from a South African national park. Let them loose, dude. Let them look. I'm sure they'll find room for them to live out here in California, you know? I'm sure let them loose on the streets out here in California, bring them in. Are they are they rapists? Are they can they read, can they write, are they addicted to drugs? Who cares? Get them over here. I'm sure we can use them, you know? Well, I'd love it's going to get like that on the street soon. People are like free the animals from the zoos, they can't be caged up. Let anybody can live. Dr. Drew said the other day that the black plague is forming. Did you read that? Uh, I, he's been talking about... Uh, Bacha or whatever it is. Blue bo bubonic plague. Yeah, I think that was it. You're right. You're right. He's yeah. like, yeah, it's downtown. Okay. <laughs> is that what the smell of human urine I mean, is? Look, that's a 35-minute Uber ride from here. <laughs> We're 35 minutes in an Uber from the bubonic plague. <laughs> different times uh thank you very much uh you can follow him real nick davis you have a podcast too nick what is your podcast oh that's awesome of you uh it's uh 
some, I'm embarrassed to say it sometimes. Yeah, me too. So it's, <laughs> it's only taken me about 150 episodes to bring it up. Uh, uh, me and a couple uh, buddies who work for the Adam Carolla show, we recap the show The Bachelor every week. Okay. And the show is called Another Bachelor Podcast. Another Bachelor Podcast. So if you uh, if you like uh, Bachelor and, botch and Botulism, which is headed soon to Los Angeles, <laughs> then uh, then you can check out The Bachelor. And it's every week. Uh, yep, every, 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 uh, we try to get it out by Thursday. The episodes air Monday, so. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, another Bachelor podcast. Uh, you can check it out. I will say very quickly, my favorite compliment we get, people who don't even watch The Bachelor tell us they listen and they enjoy it. Really? Yeah, yeah. If you look, <laughs> what? If you look at our iTunes reviews, because our whole thing, it's just a vehicle for comedy. It's, 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 I see. It's got a built-in audience. I try to talk about the show as little as possible when we yeah. record the podcast. Oh, nice. Dude, it's an interesting show. I mean, David Spade kind of has got me into it recently because he, you know, he always reviews it and he likes looking at the chicks on there. So if you follow his Instagram story, he's always just like harping on it. He's scouting is what yes, he's doing. he is scouting. I'm glad you noticed that. All right. We got a couple more calls that came in here. The hotline 985-664-9503. Thank you guys for putting up with me on this episode and just always on this podcast. You know, I don't know what I'm doing sometimes, and, you know, it's weird. It's like sometimes I come in here, and, you know, I want to, you know, like I'm scared of like, oh, I'm going to say something, they're not going to like me, or I'm going to, you know, and I try to keep those kind of thoughts out of my head and just be myself if I can. But sometimes it's hard, you know, and I just sometimes I just get scared. I'm like, ah, what do I talk about? I don't know what to do. And you know what I do a lot of times when I get like that? I just go. I just go. I just go and just keep going. You know, I'm not going to do it right. I'm not going to make everybody happy. I'm not a, you know, I'm not going to make myself happy. Fuck half the time. Jesus. I mean, if I was happy person, if I was, you know, happy, joyous and free, if I was I don't even know if I have this podcast, you know, I don't know, but I just want to just thank you guys for putting up with me no matter who I am. Um, and as I learn about who I am, you know, it's funny. It's like, uh, it really teaches me a lot about support and about unconditional support. Um, and I hope that I can do the same for you. You know, whenever we have op opportunities to do that in person or uh, to do that over the over the phone lines or whatever. Uh, but I just want to thank you for just being supportive of me, no matter who I am sometimes. Because um, I didn't know that that's really what, what support is. Support sometimes is being there for someone, no matter who they are. You know, they don't do what you want or they don't behave. So then what are you going to do? You're just going to... You know, do we abandon people then? You know? And you guys don't do that. Or, you know, people don't do that for me. And so I just want to say thank you. Um, oh, some great stories, some great calls. Let's take another call here. Here we go. This was about feeling guilty about things we spend money on. We talked about it last week a little bit. Hey, Theo. Uh, your last episode, you talked about your friend spending that five feet take yourself on a vacation and uh, how we all kind of feel weird when we spend money on, our, on ourselves instead of saving. I know for me, I have a good job. I make, I make good money and I'm, and I'm able to save. Uh, but I've noticed that 
I've strained a lot in relationships, and, and I've missed out on a lot of opportunities in life to enjoy myself just because I was so focused on that financial saving. And, and you know what? I don't want to spend that money. I'd rather just save it. Mm. Isn't that interesting? You know, it's so funny. I hadn't really realized it until my friend brought it up. And she's one of my closest and dearest friends. And when she brought that up, I was like, wow, it, yeah. It feels weird doing something special for yourself. That isn't like what the norm says we need to do with our money. That isn't what the, you know, the, oh, you got to do this and you got to get that and you got to do that. Onward. I've missed out on a lot of things in my life. I've also noticed that it's going to stop me from being as happy as I could be. I'm trying to work on that. Trying to find that, that middleman, you know, prepare for the future, but also experience life, enjoy life, go out, do things, people, you know, you care about. Uh, so just wanted to see if you had anything you could kind of talk about to see where, where's that middle ground. Appreciate what you do. Love the podcast. Thank you, brother. Thank you for the call. You know, I don't know, as, as you're talking, I'm even thinking like, man, how scary it is to be in a place of uncertainty. How scary it is to think, oh, well, I don't know what's going to happen. And we used to live a little bit there more. Now we have so many, you know, there's everybody has a calendar and everybody has like a, a, a planner and a text and you know when the person's arriving, you know when they're going to get there. And there used to be this thing of, I don't know. That's why it was easier then, I think, to have faith in a in a higher power of any kind, or, or faith just in in anything. It just there was more mystery in the air. I don't know what's going to happen, but yeah, it's wild when you do something different. You know, I, I, there was a piece of art that I almost bought in South Africa a few years ago, and it wasn't very expensive. You know, it was, I think, maybe $350. And I know that's expensive, but it was beautiful. Instead, I bought this other piece of art for $200. And I didn't like the other piece of art. I didn't even like it. And they're probably in the week that goes by that I don't think about that beautiful painting in South Africa that I could have bought for $350. And man, I just didn't want to spend that extra $150. Why? Well, because I need that money for this or for something or some mutual fund or some shit or some. I need to be able to tell my friend across the table when we're having dinner that, oh, I got a new IRA or I got the. Why? Because somebody said that's what I need to do. There's a there's a, there's definitely a way to plan ahead. But to be not focused on the end, I think. And somehow, a lot of these advertisers and stuff, they have us focused on the end. And then we get there and we're like, damn. Oh yeah, I'm all prepared for the end. I got money for this hospice. I got money for this. But I knew every step of the way. I didn't take a risk. I didn't take a chance. I didn't, you know, and I, I don't have an answer. You know, because I do it myself. I play it safe a lot. The only thing I haven't played it safe with was my career. Um... But I play it safe a lot. So I don't know. It's a good question, man. Um, you know, I, I don't know. You know, and there's no right way to do life. There's no, we don't know what we're doing. And you know, that's something I, uh, so I, heard, I heard recently somebody say, man, I hope I'm always a student. 
And that's where, you know, I want to try and stay is in the space of being always a student if I can. And I know when I start to get in my own ego and my own will, I can really feel when I start thinking I know. So ugh, I hate it, man. I get so sick of myself sometimes. You know, when we were talking last week about uh, relying on others and and I and that's and then or about I don't like working with other people when um but then sometimes I don't I also don't like working with myself. You know, and life is a middle ground. You know, you're you're asking me what the what's the middle ground? I don't I don't know, but man, I bet it's a beautiful place. Um yeah. So I just want to thank you guys uh, for being a part of the episode. I'll see some of you this week in Portland and Seattle and Vancouver and Boise. Um, and yeah, I'm just thinking like, how do we be brave enough to make choices that might be different? To not know what that outcome is. To tell a truth that we're afraid is going to expose us for who we are. It's scary. It's really scary, man. It's, it is a, I mean, it's a Game of Thrones, man. It's a Game of Thrones out here. But sometimes we're all the characters. And we're the castles and we're the dark corridors and we're the You know, so it just, it's amazing, man. We're all of it sometimes. Where the hell is Westeros anyway? Is it in Italy, I'm guessing? I gotta, I gotta peep some of that out. Um, no, maybe Newfoundland? I don't know. Um, I've never even fucking heard of it the more I think about it. What I'll say is this, man. Let's uh, let's convene next time. I want to thank everybody that called in with these magical stories from their youth. And um, and again, we'll leave out here on this song. Yeah, I'm going to think a little bit more. I realize that when it comes to dealing with other people, I talked about this last week, I don't like to rely on others. That was the word that I finally found this week, relying. I don't like to rely on somebody else. It scares me at the roots of my radish. Uh, this song is Jameson Flood. Every night I lie awake, I feel like a fake. I put on a show. Yes, yeah, it's, it's just life. We're here. Thank you guys. Uh, be good to yourselves. And I'm going to try to be good to myself. Um, and thank you for all the warm messages I get from a lot of people when I'm not really doing well and you know, sometimes I, there's been there's a lot of letters and stuff I get when I'm traveling. I never read them. And it's not that I, I don't want you to think that I don't care. Some of them, I feel like they're just, you know, it's to me. And so I don't know if that's okay to share at a group level. And then some of them, um, some of them are insane. Some of them are cut together with newspaper clippings and shit. I'm like, this is, this could be, this could be a murderer. So, but this is Jameson Flood every night. <laughs>
Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Jonathan Kite, and welcome to Kite Club, a podcast where I'll be sharing thoughts on things like current events, stand-up stories, and seven ways to pleasure your partner. The answer may shock you. Sometimes I'll interview my friends. Sometimes I won't. And as always, I'll be joined by the voices in my head. You have three new voice messages. A lot of people are talking about Kite Club. I've been talking about Kite Club for so long, longer than anybody else. So great. Hi, sweetheart. Here's a deal. Anyone who doesn't listen to Kite Club is a dodgy bloody wanker. Charmaine. Hi, I'll take a quarter pounder with cheese and a McFlurry. Sorry, sir, but our ice cream machine is broken. I think Tom Hanks just butt-dialed me. Anyway, first rule of Kite Club is tell everyone about Kite Club. Second rule of Kite Club is tell everyone about Kite Club. Third rule, like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts or watch us on YouTube, yeah? And yes, don't worry, my Brad Pitt impression will get better.